An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. It is Monday, November 14th. So let's say you just bought a movie studio. Congratulations, this is a horrible business. (laughs) Actually... It's not horrible. It's just really tough and it's getting tougher. This probably means you're a billionaire or you've got access to money and you're now assembling an all-star filmmaking team. You've got five picks to make the best team possible, which will make the most successful films, meaning profitable, not the highest quality or award-winning or even good. If you want that, there's a million other podcasts out there for you. This is a business draft. The directors you want on your team to help you succeed. That's what Lucas Shaw and I are doing today. It's the first annual Director's Draft. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. Today's a very special draft episode of The Town. Welcome, Lucas. People love the draft. Happy to be here. They do love the draft, and you have been doing your research all weekend. Uh, I know I have as well. And this is a filmmaker draft. So let's set the rules here first. We are assembling a team just like a studio head would. You want people who are hitting their prime. You're buying their stock essentially. So the past counts, the resume, what they've done, but this is forward looking. Who do you want on your team? No salary cap. And this is divorced from intellectual property, meaning you make your picks irrespective of the projects that this person is connected to. So if you draft James Cameron, you're not getting four Avatar movies. If you draft Ryan Coogler, you're not getting Black Panther 3 necessarily. His resume matters, the fact he's done Black Panther, but not future projects. Um, The other thing is this is not a best directors list. We only care about quality to the extent it helps commercial success. Same with awards. Only the, the awards only matter in the sense they lead to more opportunities and more money. And then volume does trump quality. If you are continuously working, you are more valuable to this team than someone who drops a movie every 10 years. If they do TV, good for them, but not for this draft. TV is not relevant for what we're doing here. It's a movie league only, and we're freeing anybody from deals or IP they're attached to. This is a new studio. 
This is imagine that you're Scott Stuber five years ago and you're trying to build Netflix's film studio essentially from scratch. Yes, and you have unlimited money and you're just picking and choosing who you would want. And, and no directors are tied to an existing studio. So it's like everybody became a free agent at the same time. Exactly. Craig, does that work? Yes, I think we got it. And as always, Craig will be the arbiter if there are any disputes and Craig will have a toss-up question to determine first pick. Okay. This time we are going to alternate picks. So whoever wins first pick will get one, three, five, seven, and nine. And second place will get all the even numbers. So the question to determine first pick. In 2021, how many Christmas movies were released? Oh, God. <laughs> On streaming or all in? All in. Is this closest without going over? No. Just closest. You can go over or under. Uh, Matt's got way more research on this subject than I do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess 250. 250? 250. Oh, wow. Okay. If I you include all the made-for-TV movies, all of it. I mean, I clearly I, need to adjust my, my, my uh, rubric here. You're anchored to his answer now. I, sh I should have had you guess first. I will take 170. Lucas is correct. It is 146. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's still a shitload. <laughs> the guy who's, who's self-professed never watched a Christmas movie just won the Christmas movie contest. But you guessed an insane number. <laughs> well, I, I, I just know that like Lifetime and Hallmark alone are making like yeah. 50 each. But you go, yeah, you going first allowed me to basically lop off anything right. under 210. Next time we should uh, have both of you text me the answer at the exact same time. Yeah, because I would have gone with like 17. But oh. 17? Right, well, I've already, I've already, I've already lost. All right, let's, let's go. You get your first. Although point. with 17, I would have still been almost as close. Uh, God, I'm torn between two, I have to say. And I clearly, I wonder if either one of these is your, um, your choice. I think I'm going to be uh, be inspired by this this last weekend, and I'm going to take Kugler. Oh wow! Okay, that's aggressive for number one. I had a different number one who you might take. You might say is the clear consensus number one. But um, if I'm building a studio for the next twenty years, he has just delivered three massive hits, all based on pre -existing all based IP. on IP. Yes. But his one movie before that was phenomenal. And Fruitdale I, Station, good movie, independent movie, did not do that much in the, at the box did office. Did not, but I think with Creed and then with the two uh, Black Panther movies, he's proven an ability to make movies on a big scale. The, if there is one criticism to your point, it would be that he has not done the original movie at that scale, which the other person who was probably my number one pick has. Um, and I suspect might be yours. But I think um, he's got the right balance between being a great artist while also clearly having an interest in telling commercial stories. Um, and he basically can do whatever else he wants for his next couple of movies. I, I love Kugler as a filmmaker. I think the Black Panther movies are awesome. Creed was great. He's 36 years old. I, I think this guy's going to have one of the great careers. The only knock, the reason why I wouldn't pick him number one is exactly what you said. I don't think anyone who makes movies for the Marvel universe can be considered um, a high draft pick. You just, it, it's the franchise is the franchise. And yes, the Creed movie was amazing and it restarted that franchise and did 175 million worldwide. But 
I would need to see him do an original movie that could get to that that level of box office before I'd pick him that high. That's my only caveat. That's that's fair. All right, my number one. I think this is consensus. I don't think there's anyone close. I'm shocked you did not pick him, Chris Nolan. I mean, who else is making okay. who else is making original movies that he writes and directs and gets above 500 million every time he does it? Nobody else. I mean, even Tenet, which came out in the middle of the pandemic, got to 365 million. I mean, you go down the list: Inception, 836 million; Interstellar, 775 million; Dunkirk, 527 million. Not to mention the fact that he's taken on huge IP in Batman and delivered, you know, three arguably of the best comic book movies of all time. This is a guy who's 52 years old. He's going to work for the next 25 years. He makes a movie every couple of years, loves working. He's He is the number one guy if you're building a team. So I agree that on paper, he seems like the obvious pick. I would say two problems with Nolan. He does not work as he's he you're gonna wait a little bit between each project. Fine. Two, three years. And I actually think his movies are getting less commercial and less accessible with time. Which well, is Dunkirk why- Dunkirk got Oscar nominations, but did gross a lot less than Interstellar. I I will give you that. And then Tenet didn't really make much sense. Was fun to watch, but didn't make much sense. Yes. And and I guess we'll see what happens with Oppenheimer. But I feel a little bit like you're nearing the path of diminishing returns with Nolan, where I think his movies are still going to be interesting, um, but he's not going to be the guaranteed massive box office draw that he was, a lot of which I think came because of those Batman movies. Like, Ryan Coogler's sort of at a different point right now where he's just entering that post-Black Panther phase, and I think people will show up for whatever he does next. Nolan, you know, his movies pre-Batman were not all that successful. I liked them. Um, And then, like, Inception came in the middle of it. I just, I'm curious where his career goes. I had him in my, like, he would have been probably my second or third pick, but he was not going to be my first pick. Just name another director who is an event film director that is not over 60 hold that thought i mean i guess tarantino tarantino hold that thought my next pick (laughs) all right let's go to number two number two or number three i guess overall jordan peele okay go for it give me the argument every jordan peele movie is an event it's like he's made three movies they've all been events they've all been successful are they $600 $600 million at the box office? No. But he is the king of the horror and thriller genre as a filmmaker. I think he'll stretch over time. And I think people show up just to see him. And he's only 43. Like with Kugler, I got these guys for the primes of their career. I agree with you. I would. I had Jordan Peele on my list. He also works in the horror genre, which is incredibly profitable. The one knock on him is that Get Out and Us both got to $275 million worldwide. Nope. Only 170 Yeah. So, you know... Maybe what he's doing there with the sort of elevated, uh, satirical, almost horror genre movies with social commentary, maybe that is playing out. I would give him a little more credit than that, and I would say he's going to keep it fresh and be. Able I don't. To yeah, reinvent. I think he'll. I think he'll continue to make movies that people want to see, um, and he's he's in that Nolan Tarantino phase at least right now, where I do think that just saying it is a Jordan Peele movie means something to people. Oh, yeah. I mean, clearly. I mean, he's had, he has his deal at Universal where they basically let him do whatever he wants. The budget on Nope 
was a lot bigger than the previous two movies. And I think that cuts into the profitability because it didn't gross as much. Uh, but I would still bet on him. So that's a good pick. All right. My number two, and this is going to be perhaps surprising to you. My number two is James Wan. Okay. And if you look, he may not jump out as someone who's, you know, in the auteur club, but in the horror genre, this guy is a monster. I mean, he created the Conjuring franchise, which what is that? Like six or seven movies now. Uh, original Conjuring did 320 million. He was the director of the original Saw movie. He's done Malignant. He's done, you know, he's got credits on The Nun. He's a producer of the upcoming movie Megan, um, Insidious. And he directed Aquaman, which did a did 1.1 billion a couple of years ago, and he's directing the sequel. This is a guy who works in the most profitable genre, horror, and he's able to do bigger budget studio tentpole type movies. If I'm building a team, I absolutely want James Wan on it. He's 45 years old. Yeah, I, you know, I struggled with horror is such a popular genre. Like who else you take? To me, Jordan Peele's obviously like the kind of the, the top of the heap there. Um, and then there's a I bunch. don't think so. I think Jordan Peele, it gets the critical acclaim. But if you talk about people who deliver quantity and quality and can deliver box office, James Wan is like a machine. He's EPing other movies. He's directing some. He's writing some. Like, this guy is pretty versatile. Yeah, he's, he, no, he's, he's remarkable. He has made a lot of different kinds of movies, and pretty much every movie that he's made uh, has made money. I, 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 I give you credit on that one. I didn't even, it, it had not occurred to me. He, even, he directed Furious 7, which was the one that was, you know, they had the death of Paul Walker on it. And that was a huge success despite everything that happened. So this guy can, this guy can deliver and he's faced adversity. I, I would put him on any team. All right, let's go. You're number three. I could go a couple ways here, but I think this is where I might go. Ryan Johnson. Interesting. Damn it. I thought he'd be available. Um, you know, he, he has made just compelling and interesting movies since his debut with Brick. Uh, he's proven an ability to create his own hit movie with Knives Out, his own franchise. Even Looper, which he did, was a, a you know a reasonable success. He took over the the Star Wars franchise, and even though you know that movie was uh, Last Jedi, Last Jedi that he made was somewhat uh, divisive. I thought it was an excellent movie. Um, and I just feel like he's set up to keep making like even Knives Out. Uh, is sort of the classic case where it, in another director's hands, that's a box office failure, and in his hands, it becomes probably the you know the movie of Thanksgiving five years ago or however many years ago. And he got Netflix to pay him four hundred and fifty million dollars for two sequels. Not bad. right, although I'm not supposed to like factor that into anything here. I just that's yeah. true. I know. I'm just saying that you're right. This is a guy who's forty eight years old and has is proven that he can work in the big studio IP world and create his own mega franchise. And that is extremely rare. If there's any knock on him, it would be that he kind of, he he'll kind of take his time bet between movies a little bit compared. James Wan makes a movie like every year and a half, but, uh, but I think he, he's, he's pretty prodigious. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My number three pick, and you know, this is this might be a little controversial because this filmmaker does not have the massive hit that many others do, but I'm going to pick Greta Gerwig. Ah, that was my next one. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I don't, I, she, she has this Barbie movie that's coming out next year, which I know, which does not, we don't get that if we draft her, but I think it shows that. Lady Bird is not a fluke that she can handle a bigger studio style movie. And she is extremely young. She is 39 years old. And I think that she will work for the next 20, 25 years. And she has more commercial taste than people have given her credit for so far. So, you know, Lady Bird may have done only 80 million worldwide. Um, It got a bunch of Oscar nominations, which I think will help her. And, in this age where studios are clamoring, they want to be able to give big studio movies to female filmmakers. I think she is going to thrive. Yeah, no brainer to me. That would uh, I I no brainer. Even though she doesn't have a hundred million dollar movie, well, she does. She it just was based on a book. Little Woman was a was a much bigger hit than I remembered. Oh, it was. Oh, let me check that. It hit two hundred twenty million. Oh wow. Okay, so there we go. Even more. <laughs> I she was she was uh, I was really hoping that you would not pick her. That was my my no brainer. Now I have to decide if my next pick is. Uh, I have two, so I have two people left, and I I I feel like you're not going to take this next one instead of me, but maybe you will. Um, I'm going to take Quaron. Oh, interesting. Sixty years old. You're taking him. Sixty. I'm taking him for the the, the twilight of his career. Sixty's the new forty, baby. I think he sort of like Nolan will keep working. Basically, everything that he touches works uh, with, with you know, what or if it doesn't, it's at least interesting. Children of Men was not a big box office hit, uh, but was a phenomenal movie. With Gravity, he basically has the most successful original movie of the last decade. Um, the, the only knock on him is that he really doesn't work that often. Um, he's very particular, but I think so, everything that he does, he puts his heart and soul into and... Um, yeah, I'm going for auteurs, man. That's yeah. I mean, Roma obviously would not have been a big box office hit if it had come out. I don't think uh, on in theaters. No, it would it was not a have. Netflix movie, but it did get a bunch of Oscar nominations. I have been told uh, from people in Quaron's world that he is interested in his next project being more commercial. I think he does a little bit of the like one for them, one for me thing, mm-hmm. and I can deal with that if the if the one for them is something like Gravity. Yeah, I mean, Gravity is obviously, you know, fully original and played like a big tentpole movie. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good choice. He's also innovative technologically. Like, his movies are always, like, super well done and forward-looking. So, I think that he'll be a player. Um, my next one, weirdly, is someone who was also in our showrunner draft. Okay. Can you guess? Who would be... 
on your top five for showrunners and top five for filmmakers. Oh, you're pick you're you just have such a hard on for this guy. I do, but I love him. <laughs> John Favreau. Oh, not who I thought you were going with. Okay. Oh, who did you think I was going with? I thought JJ you were Abrams? doing. Sh- I thought you were doing Sheridan again. Oh, Taylor Sheridan. No, that he's. Are you kidding? He's made some good movies. Okay, he has John made some decent movie, but I'm going with Favreau. Uh, I think Favreau. When when Favreau does big studio IP and and does it well, it's billion dollar grocer. He can also turn around a movie like Chef, which was made for nothing and became a hit. Um, I think, you know, the knock on him, obviously, is that he does a lot of things and he's super into technology stuff and he's, you know, doing Mandalorian. But he is a guy who is a proven hit maker. And if you are a studio head and you're going to give a big title or a big property to someone, he's on the list. Yeah. Look, he has proven the ability to make big movies uh, with Marvel uh, and with Disney IP. I guess I want to see him make something that's not a Disney, a piece of Disney IP. The only, the last original movie he made was Chef, which I loved, but was a small movie. Um, and before that, he made The Cowboys and Aliens, which was a huge bomb. Um, and everything everything else he's touched has either been uh, Marvel, Star Wars, or Disney animation. Um, but he's he, I, he definitely fits into the uh, kind of Coron, Cameron area of like, technical wizardry and is going to deliver probably going to deliver you spectacle it's just whether he's going to do it with his own script or not yeah chef chef made 50 million worldwide by the way so yeah. not not tiny. not terrible but uh okay my last pick um gina prince bythewood oh wow i thought of her but okay so make your argument um so the argument for it is that she is a very talented filmmaker whose most recent movie the woman king was probably was was a big hit for sony uh especially was it and- though was it though let's i mean it was a huge hit domestically um did not perform overseas and uh even though we don't have the numbers for the we don't have the financials for it she made the old guard for netflix which also generated a lot of viewership um I think that she's entering a phase in her career right now because of those two movies where she will get to make a lot of the projects that she wanted. She felt to me like a classic case of someone who really established herself 20, 25 years ago. And then both because she became a mom and because of some kind of biases in Hollywood did not get some of the opportunities that she probably should have gotten. Um, But now seems, I think, ready for like a very solid late career not late career, mid to late career push. She's in her early 50s. Yeah, 53 years old. The Woman King did 66 domestic, 25 international, 91 total. So that that is, you know, that does make money, but uh not as not as big of a hit as you might think. But uh, I think with, she trip. she want but I think she wants to make big commercial movies. Like if you look at her history, it's been it's been romantic comedy it's been action it's like she is capable of telling those big stories um and and you know i i think woman king is 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 the first of many all right so this is tough for my last pick there's a lot of huge names out there that we have not picked you know the tarantinos the jj abrams the guillermo del toros uh jim cameron steven spielberg I am not picking any of those, mostly because I think a lot of those guys are older and they've got maybe two or three more movies. I'm picking 
someone who is 37 years old and is probably going to work constantly for the rest of his life and has had great success early in his career and one misstep commercially last year, but it was a good movie. I'm picking Damien Chazelle. Chazelle. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you look at his four movies, Whiplash, Sensation, La La Land does $300 million worldwide. First Man with Ryan Gosling was not a hit, but a good movie, solid, good reviews. I think got kind of derailed by some faux controversy surrounding it. And then he's got a big Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie movie coming out later this year called Babylon, which I haven't heard much about, which is usually not a good sign, but we will see. Uh, it is. It is... It will be a big test of whether this guy is going to be uh, trusted with big budgets or whether he'll be a smaller budget filmmaker. The Paramount folks are very excited about it qualitatively, but everything about the subject matter and the length and all of that makes me nervous about it commercially. I, I agree, and I, that's why he's not higher on this list. But I think given his age and given the talent that he's got and the fact that he's uh, seems to have commercial sensibility in this artiste package. I would bet on him to, I don't think he's going to do a Marvel movie, but I would bet on him doing commercially oriented movies that will have an audience for the next 25, 30 years. Do you disagree? No, no argument. He was, he was in my next tier. I, I put, did, I did a top 10 and then I did five underneath it and he was in my next five. All right. Who are your next five? Just curious. Well, I'm so curious. the two people who are in my top 10 who I didn't end up taking. Yeah. Uh, Andy Machete. Um, okay. Not who bad. Made, he made the It movies. Um, and he did some other big project that I am blanking on. Uh, great podcast material. But anyways, I think he he's really talented. Uh, and I had, uh, I had M. Night Shyamalan, who works relentlessly. Uh, and his movies tend to perform, but I didn't do have they though. I mean, I feel like they, they, they he do. Had, he's had a comeback and then it's now he's in TV. Uh, and, and then the other three, John Krasinski, Patty Jenkins, Jake Kasdan. Krasinski's interesting. I, I want to see him outside of Quiet Place. Yeah. But uh, obviously that's a huge, huge franchise he's got in his pocket. Patty Jenkins, you know, she, I would have probably picked her if the, Second Wonder Woman movie wasn't such a misfire. Yeah, or if I liked those movies more in general. She, I was, Greta, yeah, anyways. I, I was torn between uh, Patty Jenkins and Gina Prince-Bythewood, but I think uh, you, you have the same concerns about... Uh, I mean, between those two, honestly, Patty Jenkins at least has a much more big-budget commercial franchise mindset, it seems, uh, at least judging by the kinds of movies she's attached herself to. She, you know, she's not doing it anymore, but she was going to do that star Wars movie, rogue squadron. Um, I believe she's now doing another wonder woman and then has some other bigger budget projects in the works. So she may have the tentpole style movies in her future. I'm not sure that Gina Prince Blythewood is going to do those kinds of movies. I, I, I think she'll do big original IP. I don't, the other one that almost made my list was Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I, I stunned never, silence. Ne never stunned gave silence it. A, ne never gave it a moment's thought. <laughs> I don't know, man. Elvis, three hundred million worldwide. Great Gatsby, three fifty million million worldwide. Yeah, but how much did Great Gatsby cost? A lot, a lot. I know, and he doesn't work that often. 
and he had a big flop with Australia. But I, I, I just think he is. Um, the, the Elvis movie really surprised me. I thought that was going to be a huge flop, and it found its audience. And he's he's sort of got a a franchise unto himself type vibe going on, where his movies have it have fans and they show up. There's one other name I think you guys missed. Tell us. Oh. Denis Villeneuve. That was the next one I was oh, going to ask. Fuck. I would take. I would have taken him. Oh my him. god! How did we miss him? I didn't miss him. He was on my list. He was. He. If you had to give me a choice between, I was going to ask you if you could pick him, Denis or Baz. I would take Denis ten times out of ten. I mean, talk about prodigious. Sicario, Arrival, Dune, Blade Runner two. The problem right, I had. I had. I'm redrafting. With him, I'm redrafting. You can't redraft. You already did it. The problem <laughs> I had with him was I think that he's a little too arty uh are you kidding me arrival dune like these are very commercial sakari these Prisoners. are commercial movies but yes i i came very close to picking him and if i could go back to matt's point there's a chance i would swap him in for alfonso but i'm i am completely renouncing my last pick damien chazelle <laughs> and i am redrafting with denis Villeneuve. I, I I apologize to everyone in the world. This is I, I, a huge oversight. This guy is probably the most visually um, successful director out there. I mean, you talk to people in the the crafts community, they are astounded by what he's doing right now. So I, I think that this is going to be a long career for him, and he will go do the one for them, one for me model, where he'll do franchises and he'll also do his own smaller movies and win awards and have huge box office. So I am, I am not, how old is he? 55. 55. All right. I'm, I'm still, I'm betting on him. I'm, I'm not allowing it. Really? You're not allowing the redraft. No, you missed right. it. He's on my yeah. team. <laughs> I know Craig's Craig didn't put together his own. You didn't team even had him. Off. At least I had him on my, and my possibilities. Well, that's almost worse though. I'm admitting I forgot. You considered him and then decided that, <laughs> you know, Gina Price Blythewood was a bigger commercial director than him. Go back. I I'll I'll just leave this for you, Matt. What which which movie do you think uh made more money? Woman King or Sicario? Woman King. Sicario didn't do that well. Prisoners was a bigger hit than I remembered. I probably should have taken him over Alfonso. But Prisoners had stars in it. Yeah, it wasn't cheap. True. Okay. All right. To recap our picks, my team is Chris Nolan, James Wan, Greta Gerwig, John Favreau, and Damien Chazelle slash Denis Villeneuve, who will I'm I'm already I'm already eyeing a trade. I'm already eyeing a trade. Uh, my picks are Ryan Coogler, Jordan Peele. Ryan Johnson, Alfonso Cuaron, and Gina Prince-Bythewood. Should we tweet this out? See what the people think? Let's do it, and we will watch Lucas get absolutely destroyed by the people. <laughs> uh, this one, I'm pretty confident I'm winning. I, I feel like Twitter's going to be on my side. If it's, if it's big box office, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to win. I, I, I'm pretty confident. All right, that's the show. I want to thank Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. I want to thank producer Craig Holbeck, and I want to thank you. We will see you on Wednesday. 